Welcome to the Wicked Smart Parents Podcast, hosted by David Feeks, a podcast for parents who want to be smart, savvy, and prepared. Welcome, everyone, to the Wicked Smart Parents Podcast. This is David Feeks, your host and owner and founder of the Parents Estate Planning Law Firm in Acton. And today we're going to take a sharp left turn on the Wicked Smart Parents podcast. And instead of interviewing somebody outside of the firm, we are going to be interviewing really inside of the firm. So I'm sitting here today with uh, Paula, who is our client services director, our marketing director, and also uh, my wife. Paula and I have been married for 30 years. Uh, And yes, we work in the firm together. A lot of you know that. Some of you do not. Uh, And it works very well. And uh, today we wanted to talk about, we wanted to talk about us today (laughs) for a change of pace. Um, It's uh, January, 2023 and 2023 is, will be, and is the 25th anniversary of the founding of the firm. Uh, I started the firm back in 1998, uh, September 1st, 1998 to be uh, exact. So this year marks uh, the end of our 25th year in business. Uh, and Paul and I just wanted to uh, take a little time today to look back on where we started, how far we've come, uh, some of the people who have helped us along the way, some of the clients that we've worked with that have inspired us along the way and people who continue to inspire us uh, day in and day out, why we get out of bed every morning to come in and do uh, what we do and where we're going uh, off into the future beyond year 25. So I guess, Paula, the, now would be the right time to say welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, I hope this is more of a conversation rather than an interview. <laughs> Most of our conversations are conversations. Yes. <laughs> um, so we started, I started 25 years ago. Uh, in 1998, I was still working in Boston. I had been an attorney in Boston since 1990. Uh, I went to work for a, a really a small firm doing what we call big firm work uh, right out of law school when I graduated from Suffolk Law and stayed there for seven years doing all kinds of all litigation work, uh, primarily professional liability defense work. And uh what we call toxic tort defense work. In those days, it was lead pigment liability cases in Massachusetts and across the country. It was interesting work. It was fascinating work. It was intellectually challenging work. I loved working in that firm until I didn't. Uh, that firm had issues that I could see the writing on the wall and left and uh, went to work for another firm uh, from 97 to 98. And during 98, I realized that at that point, Hannah was born. Hannah is our oldest daughter. And uh, she did not arrive into the world easily. And uh, working in Boston meant I was commuting an hour and a half each way and realized one day on the train ride home in the dark that I was sitting on a train instead of reading a story to my daughter. So, and was missing seeing her awake in the morning and was missing seeing her uh, before she went to sleep at night. Because as you remember, she was a She was one of those rare kids who slept all the time. She slept all the time. She would sleep till 7.30, o'clock in the morning. She would go to sleep at 7, 7.30 at night. Uh, I was gone before she woke up. Very often she was asleep before I came home and decided I just didn't want to 
live that way anymore and made the decision to open up the firm and did that in September of 98 with just me, a computer, an office at 311 Great Road in Littleton. That's where we started. We've been on Great Road the whole time, 25 years on Great Road, four different places. We've just moved up and down the road, but started in Littleton in about 350 or 400 square feet of office space, just me and a computer, a few clients, and we built it from there. And two ratty chairs that your landlord gave you because you couldn't really afford furniture. (laughs) And we've kept the two ratty chairs. And now every associate who starts with us gets those chairs for at least six months. I disagree that they were ratty chairs. We (laughs) were just having this discussion yesterday or the day before about how I wanted to pull those chairs back into my office. Yes, my landlord at the time, uh, who also had her law office in in that building, she owned the building, was renting to me, uh, took pity on me, had some cast off. I'm not sure they're leather. They were leather chairs. They were, they might've been leather-ish chairs, brown leather-ish chairs, but they had arms and I liked them and I actually still like them. And they're still in the office 25 years later. We've carted them around every time we've moved. And uh, they're in a couple offices just down the hall from me right now, but uh, waiting for uh, the next attorney to take their place in that office. Um, So we started uh, in, in Littleton. We started as kind of, what we would call door law, which is whatever came in the door we took. It was mostly, I was still doing some litigation work. I was doing some real estate work. I was doing some business startup and foundational work for businesses. And I was doing some estate planning. And basically I had to teach myself estate planning. It's not something I knew. It was not something I was ever interested in, particularly in law school. As I always say, uh, it was not the best class. It was not the best grade I ever got in law school was in wills and trusts. Um, But it was when I started it, I found it was interesting. And I, you know, at that time we had little kids and I gravitated naturally to, or maybe more naturally to working with younger families. And as time went on, I got less enamored with the litigation work, which is always confrontational and adversarial and I grew tired of it and uh, liked the estate planning piece because it was the exact opposite of confrontational and adversarial. It was really all about counseling and helping and guiding uh, families and their kids to a better future. And I really liked that piece of it and it resonated with me. And even though I couldn't put my finger on it at the time, exactly why it was so important to me, it just felt right. And so that's, ultimately how we grew the firm until we decided at some point that that was going to be the only thing that we do. And that's all that we do right now. Yeah. And then um, we also, you know, when working with empty nesters, as we got older and became empty nesters ourselves, we were walking one day and um, we were in an over 55 community and I think we looked around at these beautiful million dollar homes and said, these people probably don't know that they need to put this house in a trust. And then we thought, and these people probably don't know that they need to change their beneficiaries. And these people don't know that their kids who are now grown can play roles in their plan. And and when was the last time they updated their plan? And and that's how basically we started focusing and working with empty nesters. And that has 
proven to be really, um, really great for us because as we grow and our clients grow, they know they can still turn to us and, and empty nesters. Um, you know, we put out the education that it's important to review your plan and update your plan. And so we have, a, I think almost equal amounts of people now that are young, fa- about 60% young still more, still more young families versus empty nesters. It's interesting. I, now that you're talking about it, I remember that walk, uh, and thinking how many units, because we walked in that neighborhood from the time they were starting to build it right through the time People they completed it. Everybody thought we lived there. We were maybe then, I don't care, remember if we were quite old enough to live there, but we probably were. Um, I remember particularly always eyeing their pool uh, and wondering if we just came down and sat down by the pool. Would right. anybody even question? <laughs> would anybody even question us? But I remember thinking, how many units are in here? Uh, 60 units in this and statistically speaking, how many of them would probably already have a trust in place? And I remember going onto the uh, Registry of Deeds website and just doing a res- reverse search based on the addresses. And like, is it in a trust? Nope. Is it in a trust? Nope. Is there a house in a trust? Nope. Is there a cause? And almost and there was like nothing where, you know, they'd all moved into this neighborhood. And if statistically speaking, a third of them had a, a trust in place, nobody had transferred their, their uh their uh, new unit into a trust. And I remember thinking and talking about these are all people who probably need an update to their estate plan and they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. The other kind of how we arranged uh, and ended up at, at empty nester planning was we grew older and some of our initial clients grew older with us. So there were some clients that I worked with uh, when we had a young family and they had a young family. And as time go, grew, went on, we had preteens and then we had teenagers and then I would be doing review meetings and realizing that, Hey, all of our kids are growing up and going off to college. And, um, and so uh, it kind of, it it was a, it was a natural outgrowth of, of the, of the original model. Um, But yeah, so now about 60% young families and about 40% empty nesters. And I discovered I like working with empty nesters too, because they are people like, like us. And then at some point along in the journey, and I never remember, I don't know if either of us remembers exactly when, you appeared. It was me and a computer, and then it was me and a temp in a computer and a couple of computers in that same 311 Great Road, just in a different office suite in the building. And then at some point, you showed up. Yeah, I showed up at 179 Great Road. So Not at 311? You yeah, I'd come in and do a signing mm-hmm. every once in a while, but... It was rare. And so 179 Great Road was when I really started. I think Sadie had just started kindergarten. So Hannah was in third grade, maybe, and Sadie was in kindergarten. And I had been home with them for four years, three or four years, and decided I wanted to get back into the workforce, but didn't want to do what I used to do, which was recruiting in Boston. And um So I started, I think, as your receptionist, and I just answered the phones and did the witnessing and found that to not be challenging enough. And at the time, you know, we we had just started, I think, really focusing on working with empty nesters, and we wanted to educate people, educate young people on the importance of planning, right? And, you know, that it's better to plan when you're young and healthy versus when there's a crisis Mm -hmm. or a scenario in which you just have to rush through everything. And so I started reaching out to the community and 
and offering you as a speaker um, to educate young parents. And so I talked to every daycare in a 30 mile radius and we'd create flyers and I'd run around all the towns and hand out flyers. And um, at that time we um, built a relationship with the people who owned Jam Time and we did seminars there. Um, but yeah, for remember it was years, like six years, we would sit in little kid chairs and daycares and, yeah. and talk to parents. And I mean, it was fun. And then we got too old to sit in those chairs. <laughs> I re- yeah, no, I do remember for a very long time running around all the time to almost any daycare of any size and doing a workshop for families and literally thinking, if one or two people show up, that's fine. I'll sit and I'll, and I remember there were times when only one or two people did show up and I was like, okay, if it's an opportunity to help a person or a couple of people understand how, you know, get clear on what's important to them and help them to see their way clear to what planning could do for their family and, and help them to accomplish that if, if that was important to them, then that was what it was all about for me. It's so, you know, you know, it's always been about educating the public that estate planning is a is not a happy or easy subject to think about or to talk about. And, you know, for us in, around educating families, it's about taking this what can be a very difficult topic and trying to make it as easy as possible. Not that we can make it easy, easy, easy. It is what it is. Uh, but our job is always to take families, parents by the hand and kind of guide them through the things they need to be thinking about, the kinds of decisions they need to be making so that their kids have a very bright future no matter what. But that that was the early days of marketing. It was driving okay. and sitting in little chairs, little chairs, little chairs. And then you, my job just kind of morphed into more marketing. And I find myself with the title director of marketing. Um, but I think what I what I really loved too was the client services. So I was also the person who did all the intake and I, you know, talked to the clients that had questions and wanted to set up appointments. And then I would meet them and um, bring them into the conference room. And I loved that. And the hardest thing for me was when we got so busy that we had to hire another intake person and I left that role and I didn't get to meet every single client that walked through the door. That was, that was the hardest thing for me to give up. Um, But I still maintain client relationships and, you know, calling them and checking in with them. And, um, but that's kind of how my position morphed into what it is today. I started as reception. I ran around with flyers and started the marketing and, and then did did more of the marketing and the client services and um, working with the professional planning partners that we do business with and make referrals to and receive referrals from. And, um, you know, it's it's all stuff I love doing. And um, I think I've been here now for 15 years. I have lost, lost track. As I said, I can't remember the year it was when you kind of first started. I, I kind of remember 179. Yeah. That I was mean, where we hired our first employee, Allie. And you know how it's 15 years because we were in Byrus Creek for our 40th birthday. And I decided to quit my job in Boston. Oh, I do remember that. And Byrus, I stayed yeah. home with the girls for just about four years. And then I came here. So 
15 years. I think, I think maybe I should have a party or something. <laughs> <laughs> or you should get more vacation time. Yeah, something. <laughs> and 15 years and, and I don't know, maybe it's a testament to, to our personal relationship that in 15 years we have not killed each other, harmed each mm-hmm. other. We don't even really, I mean, we don't argue in our personal lives that much either, really. Um, it, it, I think we've done very, very well together. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll just keep doing it. Um, and the marketing has changed. It's not the way it used to be when you were first kind of running around with flyers in your hands. It looks yep, different it's now. definitely changed. It's definitely, I, I mean, I think because we work with young families, it's it's really morphed into a lot of online work and you know, young families are using Instagram and Facebook and all of this stuff that is really kind of not foreign to me, but it's not a strength of mine. And, but, you know, our, our job in marketing is to get the word out about the importance of planning when you're young and healthy. And so we are always trying new things to reach young families. And so recently we've started TikTok and it's not me that's doing it. It's our marketing assistant who's doing it, but it's proving to be really successful in reaching that group that's on TikTok. So yes, it's definitely changed over the years from just printing out a nice looking flyer to, you know, creating landing pages and TikToks and Instagram accounts and, um, it's not something that is a strength of mine, but we've hired people who love doing that. And so, you know, we're able to still get the word out and make sure people know about us. And for the empty nester crew that is not as technically strong, <laughs> we do other things with our newsletter and, um, you know, reaching out to them in person. And, um, you know, just the whole goal is to just reach people and, we do whatever we can to do that. Yeah. Because reaching people is how we educate them. It's how we help them. It's how we guide them. Um, you want to talk a little bit about some clients that we've had the great honor and pleasure of knowing and working with over the years? Yeah. Uh, so we talked a little bit about your why, but you have another why that we want to talk about. But my why I realized not too long ago was really the clients. Like I love helping the clients and I love their stories. And um, there's always one story that, that just always comes to mind when I think about clients and their needs and how we've helped them. But um, this was maybe six years ago. Now um, a client came to us and said she had three little boys and she came to us one day and said, I think it was her nine-year-old came down the stairs one morning and said, mom, what would happen if something happened to you and dad? What would happen to me and my brothers? And she always said to us, I was so grateful that I actually could tell my son, I, I can't remember his name right now, but I could tell my son that everything would be taken care of because we planned with David Feeks and he's our attorney and he helped us to create a plan so that if anything happened happened to me or your dad, you'd be taken care of by people you know, people you love. um, And there's a financial plan in place so that you don't have to worry about anything. And she said he 
she could almost see the relief and he was nine, but she always said he was an old soul and it really, he took everything to heart and he listened and she said there was relief in his eyes. And I just always remember that story. And it was so powerful for us that she and her sons are actually featured on our website. Um, and, you know, that's that's why we do what we do to yeah. help parents give that reassurance to their kids. I, I, I think that story was almost the perfect encapsulation of, of, of what we do. Uh, I remember working with them and putting their plan together and that story that allowed her to, to be able to share with her kids. There's a plan. You don't have to worry about, you know, what's going to happen to something, you know, nothing is probably going to happen to dad or to me, but you know, you don't have to worry if something does, there's a plan in place. And we've got people who, you know, and love and trust who are going to, who are going to take care of you. Um, and that's really what, you know, it always goes back to we are helping families to create a bright future for their kids, uh, no matter what. And and to be able to, sh to share that uh, as opposed to saying, I have no idea what's going to happen or to stammer around that question. Uh, so I always love that story. Um, but that's but that's my why is is that's why I come to work every day, like to help those people, to help them help their kids. Yeah. Um, and then there was the story that you always told that I think it was the maybe one and only time you cried during the legacy interview. One of the few times I I got a little verklempt during. So we do legacy interviews, which uh, for our clients is a way for them to record audio, kind of like we're doing today, but differently. Uh, it's an interview that that the attorneys in our office do with our clients that helped them help them to capture and record. Uh, things that don't show up in traditional estate planning documents. Who are you? What's important to you? Values, stories, memories, guidance. Uh, for me, that's always been what it has been really the coolest part of planning. Uh, it's something that I love to do with clients. I'm forever grateful to the person who introduced me to the concept uh, of legacy interviews. Um, and I've learned a lot about people. I've learned a lot about families. I've actually learned a lot about myself listening to other people's stories. It, it's it's interesting to me how how the same threads run through every you know every family story uh, or most family stories. And probably the only time I got choked up was the one time I was uh, doing a legacy interview with a client who was talking about, I don't know if it was his daughter or if it was his son, it was probably his daughter. That's probably what got me. Uh, and how she would nestle her hand inside of his hand. And the minute he said, <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh, uh, this is about to, uh, it's about to get dusty in here because that's something that Sadie did to me when I was reading to her. Yep. Uh, and by then, by the time our younger daughter Sadie came along, I was, uh, I was around all the time. And not commuting. And I remember reading stories to Sadie and Sadie was very physically tactile and would curl up her fist and then put it in. I can't remember. She tried to wrap my fingers around her fist, but mm -hmm. that was the idea. And I was like, oh boy. Um, and, and his daughter did the same thing. And his daughter yeah. did the same thing, but I made it through the, the, the legacy interview. So, um, but yeah, that doing those with clients is really one of the more rewarding parts of, what I do every day and that clients allow me into that space with them uh, is very, is very humbling. And, and I'm, and I'm very grateful that they, uh, that they,
trust me enough to allow me into that space with them. And then the only other cool story that just happened recently was we've had, we had a client who she and her husband planned when their kids, I think she tells the story, her daughter was in one of those bucket seats and she plopped around the conference room table and they they planned for them when they were babies. And then her kids have, one of them just turned 18. And so she came in to do her um, incapacity document planning. And her next one is probably not far behind. And then her parents planned, the, the original client's parents planned. And sadly, they recently passed. And she came in and, and talked to you um, about how it's generational planning. And she literally grew with us and was able to provide for her kids and then help her kids be adults and go off on their own and know they were protected. And then with her parents, you just spoke recently spoke with her. I'll let you speak to that. But I know it was such a relief when they passed to know that everything was taken care of for them. Yeah. Then that's Deb and, and Gary's story and, and that whole family dynamic you know, starting with them as a young family, uh, having them refer their parents uh, to us for planning because they had such a good experience around their own planning. Um, and then having the opportunity to, 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 <laughs> to for all of us to, to be with it for, for long enough that I got to do, we got to do some, um, what we call 18 plus planning for uh, their oldest daughter before she went off to school which is making sure that she has things like a healthcare proxy and a power of attorney in place. Um, and so that's three generations of planning. And for me, that is a super rewarding. Then when people trust us enough to, you know, let us take care of other members of their families. And that's not the only time that's happened. I've worked with lots of couples and then the, all the parents of both couples. And sometimes I've done all the siblings of both couples. So uh, we've done a, a lot of extended family work. Um, but then when it came time to make sure the trust they put in place, that, you know, that mom and dad put in place worked, it did work beautifully. And they were so relieved and so thankful that, uh, the planning that their parents had done many years ago had made things so easy for all of them. And that, uh, when we did a whole podcast on that, but, uh, that, that's a really rewarding, uh, piece of what we do. So for all of the for all of the clients that we've worked with over the last 25 years, I am grateful, thankful, and I deeply appreciate the trust that you've placed on us and, and allowed us to be part of planning for your family. So those are just three three of them. Yeah. We have awesome clients. Remember you used to come home and say, I could have dinner with these people. And <laughs> it was just we do. We have yeah. really great somehow we attract really great clients. So. I've had, you know, I've had review I've talked to you about review meetings. We're like, yeah, we reviewed for 20 minutes and then we shot the breeze for another 40 minutes. And um but yeah, there's lots of clients that I was like, yeah, we could hang we could hang out with them. Uh, we don't, but we could. We our clients are really, really nice. So I'll ask you a question. Okay. Where are we headed? Where are we headed? <laughs> well, you know, we, we started with me and a computer in a small office. We're now me and you and seven, soon to be eight others um, in a much larger office. We have kind of graduated 
or we've moved four times into each time bigger offices. I think here at Nagog Park, we're here for a while. If we need more space, I think there's opportunities to grab more space where we are so we don't have to really move again. Um, but our, you know, somebody was asking about our next two to three year goals this week, and it's to continue to help families and really to help more families. The, well, you know, the reason we, well, the reason I come in and do this, I mean, really the reason we come in to do it, and at some level, the reason everybody on our team shows up every morning to do this is because we all truly believe that the work that we do is important. And for me personally, it's that every child has the right to know that mom and dad cared enough about them to create a plan for them in the event something happens to mom and dad. And in other places, I've talked about my personal story. I can talk about it a little bit here, but you know, when I was young and growing up, I never had that feeling from one of my parents, it was very clearly it was my father, uh, who while living after my parents' divorce one town over was very was a distant parent. He didn't work what I would call very hard at being a, a good parent and did lots of things that left us with the feeling, the very clear feeling that he didn't really love or care about us uh, all that much. And I never really felt loved, cared for, or protected uh, by him. And that's not a feeling I would want any other child to have. And so estate planning, and particularly estate planning with families with young kids, the reason it felt right to me, you know, many, many years ago was because internally, whether I was aware of it or not, and I wasn't aware of it at the time, internally, I was motivated to really help kids and help families. Uh, and so that's why we get up and do that every day. So that being my motivation, it's not something that I can simply wake up one day and say, okay, I've had enough of that. You know, we've helped enough families now because that would leave other families in a lurch, uh, that they wouldn't have access to someone who could help them, uh, to, to plan for the future. So the intention is to build a firm, a business that is much bigger than me. It is not dependent upon me. The firm actually is not dependent upon me anymore. Uh, and somebody scheduling an appointment in the firm is as likely to get an appointment with one of the other attorneys in the firm uh, as they are with me. And that's by design and it will become more so in the future. Um, but the firm goes on and we'll continue to grow it. We'll continue to help more families uh, one thing I'm very proud of, uh, and this I get asked this a lot, and all the attorneys in our office get asked this a lot in consults, which is what happens. And you know, it was just me. I would get asked all the time, David, what happens to my plan, or what happens if something happens to you? You know, you you talk about this lifetime relationship with our family, but what happens if something happens to you? And you know, that I I always liked entertaining that question which is I was used to say, if I get hit by a bus, there is a pl I have a plan for how your family uh, continues to get served uh, now by our firm, because if I get hit by a bus, the firm goes on. Uh, and in the days before, you know, it was just when it was pretty much just me as the only attorney, I had an uh, attorney outside of the office who I had a, a, an arrangement with 
uh, to pick up the work and carry on the work of our clients. Um, so, you know, as we're creating lifetime relationships with our clients, our clients know that as their needs change over time, the firm will be here. There will be people in the firm to help them and take care of them. And as importantly, or maybe even more importantly, they know that if anything ever happens to them. So clients know if anything ever happens to them, our firm is here to help their family. And that uh, is as big a piece as anything else is knowing that we're here to help their family. So their family will know what to do. Their family will have someone to turn to uh, and their family just won't be casting about in the dark, trying to figure things out uh, on the fly. That is a is what I would consider to be a failure of too many traditional law firms, that there is no ongoing plan around that in place. A lawyer retires, somebody dies, and the family has absolutely no idea what to do. And the reason I know that happens is because a lot of those people end up working with us down the line. Um, but that won't happen to any of our clients. The firm goes on um, for as long as families need this kind of planning, which will never end. Right. Um, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about was, yes, we've been here for 25 years and yes, we're successfully helping people now, but, you know, 25 years is a long time. And, um, I think, I don't know what the percentage is, but I know there's a big percentage of businesses that start out that don't make it. And remember in the beginning when I was like, mm, <laughs> not sure about this. Um, and it was a huge struggle for us. And I can remember, you know, rolling quarters to get the girls haircuts. I can remember one summer telling the girls that there's no vacation, but guess what we're going to do? We're going to explore all the local libraries because they were free. And you know, one thing that actually resulted from it is when Hannah was in school and I was looking for things to do with Sadie to keep her occupied that didn't cost a lot of money, we baked. And to this day, she loves to bake. Um, but it was a struggle and it was scary at times. And I think there were years when you thought, mm, should I close this down? And so, you know, to everyone out there who's looking to start a business, I guess it's, just perseverance and dedication and commitment and it's it's not always easy it's frustrating at times it's still you know still building the businesses you know can be frustrating at times but the rewards far outweigh the the frustrations but i remember times pulling my resume together saying yeah did i do the right thing i can still i can still go back to boston I'm a really good lawyer. I have really good experience on my CV and uh, I could just go back and, and then I was like, no, can't do it. Can't get on that train and ride on the, the commuter rail for an hour and walk, you know. And I, yeah, that, but I also think the the clients kept you going. Clients kept me going because I, because I knew we were making a difference in people's lives and didn't always feel that way when I was a lawyer in Boston. Right. It was intellectually challenging. It was uh, it was all that. Uh, it was rewarding in its own ways, but I didn't feel like I was particularly, given the nature of what I was doing um, and, the, and the kind of people I was uh, uh, defending in cases, civil cases, not criminal cases, but it didn't always feel as rewarding as certainly what we're doing here. And I, we're definitely making a far larger impact uh, on people, on the world in general, uh, 
from our seats today than than I was back then. But there were bumps along the way. What did we always used to say? There were there was a point in our lives where there, we didn't hit potholes, and then we started to hit potholes. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> we used to say really hit that many potholes uh in life and then all of a sudden you start to hit potholes and then potholes start popping up everywhere and you're dodging them um but uh you know so obviously we're glad we hung in there we persevered and uh and now we see the the fruits of everything that we spent a lot of uh time and effort and commitment in building and i'm very proud of what we've built here uh, I love working with our clients. I love working and seeing all of our new clients. I don't meet all of our clients anymore. Uh, like you, that makes me a little bit sad. And, uh, and there's lots of clients who come through the firm that I don't see, I don't talk to. Uh, but I know, I know that they're getting helped exactly the same way uh, that they would if they were seeing and talking with me. We've, you know, I've personally trained all of the lawyers who've come through our firm and will continue to do that. Um, particularly in the somewhat unique way that we do things here. Um, yeah. So hopefully you haven't found out, you found our story as exciting as, as we think it is. We, we have had a lot of fun growing this business and, and doing what we do and working together. And um, so 25 years and uh Stay tuned because we're hoping to do some fun things this year. And one of them is probably going to be a, a invite to meet all of our clients um, sometime in September, those that we haven't met. And um, yeah, so. And for all of the clients that we've worked with over the years, for all the referral partners that we've met um, that have trusted us uh, with your own clients and with people you know for all of our clients who've referred friends family members uh, and placed all of their trust in us we really appreciate it um it's hard to express really how much we appreciate it but it means a lot to us so thank you all very very much so i guess that's it that that's would be it. the end of our podcast for today <laughs> that would be the end podcast paula thank you for joining me today and thank my pleasure and thank you all for listening to our story we'll talk to you soon for more ideas information and resources about smart parenting visit wickedsmartparents.com <laughs>